Hey everyone, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. I'm Nick Sowers here in the studio with my buddy Nate Hyatt. We're coming at you with a to the point. If this is your first time joining the podcast, it's basically the opportunity where we take, you know, 20, 30 minutes of your time or so, somewhere around in there, and just kind of talk about what's been happening, what's been bouncing around our mind, maybe some things we've learned, or uh, just kind of whatever comes up in the conversation. Uh, we just kind of really honestly freelance this mm-hmm. in a way, really. Uh, Nate uh, never makes notes. Sometimes I make notes. I got one word uh, written down, and that's what I had for the last <laughs> to the point, too. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us, and it's been a while since we've uh, been on here because we missed last week and, and everything. So just thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for continuing to listen. And uh, so uh, it's uh, it's cold out, dude. Like, it is. I, you know it's cold when the fat man's cold. <laughs> dude, it was a tough <clears throat> adjustment being 90 degrees and humid. <laughs> 20 degrees and no humidity well i um i, I ended up uh uh like last night when i went to work i had so like the like wool socks plus long underwear plus underwear plus my pants plus a thermal shirt and my uniform shirt and then a sweater over that and then my vest over that yep and i was like comfortable and and I always I always kind of overdress because I can always roll the windows Peel down. Peel layers off. Yeah, and... I can always like roll windows down or whatever. But I was thinking to myself, my jacket even has two layers in it. It's got what a, they call a quote unquote thin sulate layer plus the coat. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking to myself, if I put my jacket on, I've legit got six six layers if you count my Kevlar and everything like that of clothing on. <laughs> but thankfully, I didn't have to do that. Well. Typically, like, well, Josh actually warned us. He's like, get ready to work outside all winter long. I was like, hey, <laughs> daddy. But I mean, it's, well, I got undershirt, shirt, then probably a long sleeve, then a hoodie, then my vest, and sometimes a coat and overalls is what, I mean, that's what I wear during the winter. Well, yeah, but typically you're, you're going to be. Like you're moving around a lot, so you're creating a lot of body heat and mm-hmm. stuff in general. But I, I've even been going to the gym and and taking like going into the sauna and sitting in there, which is really enjoyable. I'm actually really enjoying that. I sat in it for the first time when I got back from vacation. Need well, to sweat some toxins out. Yeah, the you probably need to sweat a lot of Mister Mister eighty dollars on two fucking drinks. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a really great science out there that I was reading that it was basically if you take 120 degrees for like 20 minutes, like two or three times a week, like all these things that it would do. So I kind of started at 120, which really didn't do much. Mm -hmm. So I kind of bumped it to 125, which was okay. 130 is kind of where I was like really starting to get a decent sweat on. So I think I'll kind of acclimate to the 130 for all because it goes all the way up to 170. So I I will... um, kind of acclimate at the 130 for a little while and then maybe bump it up from there i think she had a set it i didn't touch the thermostat deal when i got in i think it was at 140 i think the day that i did it well you have to go in there and like sign up and all that good stuff yeah so but um so one of the things that uh the things that have been like bouncing around my brain this week were you know keep telling my kids if you're living a life of comfort and convenience you're not really accomplishing anything like if you if you're constantly in this place where you're comfortable or you're con, you know everything's convenient or whatever you know you're you're obviously <clears throat> you're you're not building your mind or your body mm-hmm. and in today's day and age like I think that is like a super important thing and that's like something that I work with my kids and I had this opportunity 
because because I'm one of those law enforcement officers that I I like to I guess probably be my own worst critic. Mm-hmm. Would so, you would you consider that being like complacent, like like you're being complacent in life, like you're comfortable? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, you just kind of have this like thought process, like eh, everything's going to be fine, yeah, kind of thing, and that's just not realistic of life no matter whether you're a cop or a construction worker or you work mcdonald's like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter you know you're going to be given challenges in life whether that's like death of family members or you know like issues with kids or whatever it is and you have to be able to basically just kind of have the mental resiliency to push through that and it sucks i mean i'm not sitting here saying like i've got everything figured out and that like everything's honky dory and and I'm perfect. No one ever does. <laughs> yeah, but but I I'm self-critical of myself. So I will spend time when I'm patrolling around and I'm I'm like listening to podcasts or books or you know whatever of like a lot of a lot of self-reflection in the sense of like I hear something from either Andy's podcast or Ryan's or another one or even um you know one of my favorite ones is uh, Roanoke Virginia's um church they have their layman church. And, you know, just things that like may come through that of like, whoa, like that, that, that was me or that's me. And I need to like fix that or change that. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting because I got a little bit of do- a dose of reality of like, okay, you know, keep, keep walking the course that you're walking because you're doing a good job. I recently had the opportunity to conduct some training and I got, and I intentionally pushed officers outside their comfort zone, like, because I know that at the end of the day, for us, especially in the middle of a gunfight, nothing is ever right. Like, if you're in the middle of a gunfight, like, that's bad. You've heard me say on the podcast many times, the only gunfight you win is the one you never, or the only gunfight you win is the one you never get into. Mm-hmm. So, if you've gotten into a gunfight, like, he- shit has gone to hell in a handbasket, right? Yep. So, I intentionally push my officers that I'm training out of their comfort zone. I intentionally give them, like, long-distance shots to make on small targets. Or I make them manipulate their rifle in low light or dark conditions. Got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not always during daylight hours where it's nice and calm out and it's 60, 70, 80, 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't, I always tell them in the email, show up or show prepared, show up prepared for like whatever the weather is. No matter what the weather is, unless there's a dangerous weather condition like lightning or a tornado we're going to be shooting i don't care if it's snowing raining doesn't matter i mean you want to shoot in ideal conditions like most people do you know but like when you're in those situations nothing is ever ideal it's like i mean anything in life or like farming for instance you know like for like our transplanter to work it needs to be ideal conditions and we never have that in farming (laughs) you know and so we're gonna have to adapt and move on from the transplanter and do something different, you know, and trying to figure out that process. But putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations will help later on. Yeah, we we recently got um, LPVOs, which are limited or low power variable optics on our rifles. So essentially they go from one power or no magnification all the way up to six. And so that gives you the opportunity, like if you're clearing a room, you can turn it all the way down to one and you still got, you basically got just a glorified red dot. Or if you need to make some sort of a long distance shot, you can dial it up and make that long distance shot. Well, we were engaging targets at like 200 yards, a 15 inch steel plate, which is basically a chest size target, Mm -hmm. essentially. You know, and I had one of the officers come up to me and say like, hey, Nick, when am I ever going to be making this shot ever? Why? Why are we doing this? Essentially saying this is Mm -hmm. a waste of my time. 
And, you know, I wanted to say some other choice words, but I didn't. And I just said, I just said, here's the deal. I was like, A, I'm challenging you. B, I was like, you need to prepare for worst case scenario. Like, like for instance, the Rob Elementary School shooting when we were talking with Bill and stuff. That officer had that guy in his sights and it was about a 150-yard shot. Yep. A 150-yard shot on a moving target is stupid hard. And I'm asking them to hit a stationary steel plate at 200 to at least wrap their mind around it. So, and I also told them, I said, you know, if, if for some reason you end up engaging this target at 200 all day long, when you get to 100 or 50 or 25, that target's going to seem massive and you're going to be able to hit it all day long. You're going to be able to put pinpoint shots down because you've, you've prepared yourself for that. So my segue on that is, is like no matter where you're at in your life and what you're doing, like, um, and, and this is also in the business world is, you know, prepare yourself for that worst case scenario, right? So let's say the economy is doing well. And you're going to now start building something and you're going to, you know, get into a lease or you're going to add more employees or you're going to do, you know, ABC task, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Obviously, that takes capital to invest. But now you need to start thinking of the contingency plans in the sense of like, OK, <clears throat> what happens? Crashes. What happens when the economy crashes? Well, now I'm locked into this five year lease on this building and and I've got all these employees. Now I'm going to have to lay them off but I'm still stuck with a five-year lease, then what? You know, so you need to do some of that contingency planning. And, you know, you just need to basically, again, push yourself outside that comfort zone and then also take time to really think through whatever it is that you're doing in the business environment. And that doesn't necessarily mean just the CEO environment, but even if you're just that line-level employee of, you know, I plan on accomplishing this or doing that or making this sales call, and if the person tells me like, Hey, you know, the economy's bad right now. I don't have the money to invest in that. Like, what's your plan B? Like, what is your contingency plan? Like, do, do they offer you the ability to work with them on pricing where you can maybe offer some sort of a discount to at least get some sort of a sale versus no sale whatsoever? And so it's just, it's just a, a thing for me of we live that life of comfort and convenience where we're basically working that eight to five Monday through Friday, living for the holidays or living for the weekends and the holidays off. And, you know, we're really not challenging ourselves. And I think that we're getting a little bit soft as a society and we, we need to change the culture. People don't have any grit anymore. They don't want to have to like work, work for it. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've also mentioned here on the podcast, like what some of my intentions are politically, you know, and I got to thinking to myself of being intentional with my actions of like journaling more, you know, going to the gym and getting into the sauna. And like, these are just like these small things that I'm doing to kind of just slowly push myself. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going out and running a marathon. Right. But like the sauna after a certain period of time, like when you get, like I do it for 20 minutes personally and, and everybody can do it for whatever time they want. But like when you get to minute, like. You know, ten fifteen. You're like, whoo! Like, I'm ready to get out of here. You know, and it's mm-hmm. just like, just that, just the small little mental tough. It's just those small things. It's just like going to the gym every day. It's just that small thing. Like, you're not going to notice the difference. And that kind of leads a little bit into mine. I was going to talk about consistency and being consistent in those small things because, um, like in football, I think we've talked about this before. Like, the small things is what wins championships. Like having your shirts tucked in, having the same uniforms. You know, being consistent across the board. And that helps, like, constantly being consistent. Like, with your political aspirations, you know, like, being consistent on your walks. People are seeing you around, and they're seeing your face, and they're like, oh, we'll see Nick here this time of day, you know. And just that 
being constant in your whatever you're doing helps. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring that up too because I was actually talking with a guy at church this morning when we had like our Thanksgiving church dinner and he was in the military and he was telling me about like boot camp and all that other kind of stuff and it was cool because um you know he was talking about how like you had to have you know your bed made right and mm-hmm. your underwear folded a specific way and all this other kind of stuff and like that he got smoked for 3 hours one time because he didn't because he didn't have his underwear folded correctly and and a lot of people hear that and see that and they're like what that's fucking stupid but even you have said you've seen the change in the culture even of just like Sterling College football when they weren't holding up those like small things mm-hmm. and everybody sees that as like micromanaging and small things and all this. And it, it could be that way, right? If that's all you do, like for instance, let's say the coach just wants everybody to have matching socks, but then doesn't work on any plays or anything like that. You're going to be a soup sandwich. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. right? But it's, it's, it's like, it's a dichotomy just like, like, you is know, it Jocko that talks <clears throat> about the leadership points or whatever the score, like you get a certain amount of points, like as a leader and, like if you expend all your points in one spot, yes. like like on like your apparel, like that's all they're going to worry about. Then they're not going to worry about the play calling and stuff, you know. And so it's it's a balancing act in that. Yeah, sense. They, they talk about that in reference to when they were wearing unit patches, mm-hmm. and Jocko didn't want them to wear unit patches. Yep. Um, and and it's it's it like it's everything that we we talk about on here. It's, <clears throat> it's a dichotomy, and I think you have to have a well rounded and and not just in not just in like sports or being a cop, or even the business world. But w- let's face it, life is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. <laughs> I got to I got to see a, a colleague that was struggling with life that day. F- for me, what seemed like easy things. But of course, I don't know what's going on, right? Like, I don't know if he's having trouble at home with a wife or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, the ability to pivot wasn't there. Like it was like a one track mind, like my, my shit went to hell in a handbasket and now I'm essentially like, I, I'm not as effective as I could be. And I will tell you like, like yesterday I got a call from a call, my colleague at 11.04 PM. Hey, are you coming to work? I'm like, hell no, I'm not coming to work. Like my brain was like, I'm, this is my only day off where I didn't have anything planned. I'm going to smoke a pipe, watch some mash, chill out. He's like, you're on the schedule. I'm like, oh shit. And I, I guess I am coming to work and, and, I, and I'm the one that made that schedule. So yeah. I couldn't even be mad. And so, you know, I had to like pivot and even though I didn't want to be there, like I still had shit I needed to get done mm-hmm. and I still got it done. Like it wasn't fun and it wasn't on the time scale that I wanted to get it done. But I was like, okay, no big deal. Like, I, but, but I also have like this unique perspective of I've spent the last 20 years on shift work. Like mm-hmm. I've literally done shift work for 20 years. So me pivoting my life. That's, that's just every day. Like I'm, I'm an expert at that (laughs) Mm -hmm. of figuring out where to fit things in. Um, and I think that that, like the consistency that you were talking about, like fits that as well Mm -hmm. is, um, it's like, it's almost constant chaos. Yeah. Well, it's like being systematically unsystematic (laughs) (laughs) and just being able to like, just figure those things out. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and also my family's used to it too. You know, they're used to like me just leaving at a whim. Like last night, Hey, I got called into work. Oh, okay. Like, it wasn't like a, oh, what happened or why? Yeah. Like, you never, you know, she's like, okay, see ya, you know? And so, I just, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you're listening to it while you're outside walking in 17 degree weather and just like challenging yourself a little bit. I know one person is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dallas, we, Dallas, we know that you are, buddy. We know that you're doing that. And, uh, you know, of just, uh, 
I just it's it was just interesting to me to to see uh, an officer you know that that we're supposed to have that mental resiliency and like that's just expected mm-hmm. struggle and I, it was a wake up call for me and it was also a little bit of an affirmation for me of like okay what you're doing is right what you're doing is working like keep up the good work not in the sense of like now get comfortable and slow down and like but what you're doing is 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 doing work you're you're accomplishing yeah. and that affirmation and you're like okay let's keep pushing yeah yeah uh again you know look in the mirror and you know you're doing okay mm-hmm. but you got a lot of work to do yep i mean it does take a lot of self-reflection and another thing like it like your emotional intelligence and figuring out like hey like this person why are they why is their actions why are they acting this way you know because a lot of people just look and be like oh that guy's just being an asshole today yeah <laughs> you know and like reading that situation a little bit and having some um empathy i guess helps the situation too well and and also another thing that i wanted to talk about that i just now popped into my head and i remembered is is every single person listening to this podcast i guarantee has a boss that they did or didn't like Right. Mm-hmm. You can learn just as much from a boss that was excellent as you can from a boss that's terrible. Yep. But the thing that I want to kind of get at is it's a struggle. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're showing up and you're being paid eight hours to do eight hours worth of work, whether you like your boss or not. You know, and again, nobody's forcing you to be there. You could choose to move elsewhere if you want. But, you know, I, I get if you're if you have a truly evil manager, like I'm talking a truly evil person, like a person that gets off. On making Being you feel bad, making you feel bad or putting you down or writing you up or whatever. I would say that's more rare yeah. than not. Most of the time you have just incompetent leadership of mm-hmm. people that are lazy. They're living the life of comfort and ease and they don't want to do anything that rocks the boat and you know all that kind of stuff. That's typically what you're going to see in a manager. Or and, they don't know how to control their emotions. Yeah. You just have to figure out a way to navigate those waters. Figure out a way to talk to that person. Figure out a way to just get the job done and, and, and work through that. And if it's a if it's to the point where it's even affecting you and your health or your mental health or whatever, and you want to get out, go for it. But it's just something that you're going to have to work through. You may not like it, you may not agree with it, but it's just a part of doing business. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to go home at the end of the day and like drink a beer with this guy or a girl or whatever, and and enjoy like being friends with them. And there's nothing wrong with getting out of your comfort zone and applying for another job. Yeah, because there's jobs aplenty right now, and. People are hiring like crazy, and I mean, honestly, it's still a labor market. Well, you know, uh, and, and Andy's usually right about everything, but I was listening to one of his podcasts last night while I was walking, and he he said that like right now, companies like Netflix, Disney, Facebook, Twitter are all laying people off. So he says like there's like tens of thousands of people that are entering the job market that have like really incredible skill sets. I mean, like let's face it, if you if you work for Disney, you probably you know, you're probably a, a talented person. I mean, mm-hmm. even though I don't agree with their value set, the stuff they come out with is like quality, yeah. right? And and so he talked about how now the market's going to start getting flooded again, and people that are like like companies that are smaller, like his, which his is not a small company, but compared to Disney, it's a small company, mm-hmm. are going to be able to pick up talent like that. So you're actually going to see a shift in that labor market now because of people like big companies laying off. You're actually going to see really talented people entering, and it's going to become more competitive again. It depends, I think, on the level. Yeah. Well, if you live in L.A., it's going to be different than if you live in Sterling, Kansas. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, you're not going to have a lot of blue-collar workers that are exiting those jobs, though. 
And there's a lot of blue collar jobs open right now. Yeah. Well, and you know, there you go. If you don't, <clears throat> li- if you don't like your boss, you can go work with Nate. You can just apply in the spring. But <laughs> just to let you know, Nate's job is definitely not a life of comfort and convenience. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Push to the max every day. So that's all I had, man. That's all I got too. So. Cool. Take it away. Well, guys, thanks for listening to the higher points and this episode of to the point. Um, uh, sorry we missed uh, a full length episode last week, but we'll be back with another one next week. And uh, just give us a like on our social medias at the higher points. Check out the website, and don't forget that we are gonna we are renting out the space. And if someone has an idea for a podcast, we can help out with that. So just reach out to us. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Thanks for listening.